Welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. I'm Taylor. I literally almost said I'm Jordan because I was just like anticipating <laughs> you to say it. I would have been so wild. Oh, I would have been scared. <laughs> Identity theft. <laughs> that would be a fun joke. I, sh- I should save that for April Fool's Day. I was just going to say, I was like, if April Fool's is a Monday this year, who knows what shenanigans we'll pull on each other while we record. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Well, today we are going to be talking about the Sundance Film Festival. Both of us watched some movies and we love to talk about it. And they were mostly streaming, so we're counting it. Oh, yeah. And I swear, a lot of them are probably going to be bought by streamers. Yes. So we're just talking about them early. Yeah, exactly. A big one that I didn't get to watch, Fair Play. I know it was bought by Netflix. So, and that one got a lot of good reviews. So, I'm excited to watch that one. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, I was like, and the leads both have hard to say names. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will be mentioning one of them later on. <laughs> but first, TV news. I told Jordan we could probably do a whole episode on this, but the. Succession season four trailer was dropped and it's so good and we have a premiere date of March 26th and I've watched the trailer like three or four times which is so funny for like all the shows I say like I didn't watch the trailer I watched the succession trailer enough <laughs> for to, to cover all of those times I didn't watch the trailer well the trailer alone is better than a lot of other actual full TV shows. <laughs> it's so true. And like it's already like so quotable, like that's heartening. <laughs> I'm heartened. It's so good. I'm also just so intrigued like where they're at, like location-wise. There are some locations that are like on top of mountains by some water, backstage at like a television show or something. Like I just I can't wait. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. The show does just everything perfectly. And that includes like setting a scene and where they go is always epic. Uh, just it's going to feel so good when it's back. Truly. We'll feel whole again. Um, So the person I was talking about was Phoebe Denever from Bridgerton. Is that how you would pronounce her name? Denever? I have no idea. Denever? But you know her as the girl from Bridgerton. And she's officially not coming back for season three of Bridgerton. Very interesting. Yeah. I'll never understand those decisions that's hap- that are happening at Shondaland. Um, apparently, um, Anna Delvey is getting a reality show. And I think that that is literally insane and a gross and I hate it. Um, that makes me annoyed and mad. Like, let's get good television that's deserving and not, like, reward people for doing illegal things. And, like, we're giving her exactly what she wanted the whole time. I just, I don't like it. It makes me feel really icky. I, yeah, I don't have anything to even add. I don't like that. Like, we know she's bad. Yeah. That doesn't make her 
that doesn't necessarily make her compelling. I feel like her and I feel like her story has been exhausted. Like not even the TV show about her was good. Like I, it's just played out. We don't need any more. Agree. And I do think, I think that that is, it has like dangerous implications. Very. To reward someone like that. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is going to be making a Tomb Raider series for Amazon. Um, she's going to be writing the script and this tweet says it's unclear if she'll also star. Um, I don't see her as Laura Croft at all. I mean, I think she could do really well. Isn't she going to be like in the new Indiana Jones or something? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. And I saw this other piece of news that says um, they're also making a Tomb Raider film at Amazon. And they said Amazon sets up Marvel-like franchise, which like, okay, that's weird. Like, granted, I've never seen the Tomb Raider Mm. movies, but just seems very weird to me. Not even the old, not even the Angelina ones. No, I haven't. Um, I mean, I saw them in middle school, but I thought they were really fun and cool. Okay, good. I never saw the newer one with Vikander. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But they were cool. I think, I mean, for me, it is hard to picture anyone but Angelina Jolie even trying to play Laura Croft because Angelina Jolie literally looks like she's out of a video game already. Mm -hmm. So it was like perfect. But um, that makes no sense to me. The series and movie being worked on simultaneously it's like don't you want to see maybe how the series does and at least one video game a new video game mm-hmm. and it says with the goal of having them all be connected amazon making video games is weird who knows what can't they do you know i i'm confused and it is really funny because i don't they're putting a lot of faith in that tomb the tomb raider series like that that ip is so beloved in the in the culture that we want all of those things that is really a big risk i don't really think that the alicia vikander movie was like a gigantic hit Mm -mm. you know like do people care not that i know of interesting um they announced that uh, the Last of Us on HBO was renewed for a season two. I was kind of bummed that they did this because it makes me aware that the two main characters don't die. I kind of was like watching it with the anticipation. I, I obviously know they don't die because it's a video game and I know that there's like multiple video games. But like as a watcher who hasn't played the video games and is going into the show very blind... I was just like kind of sad to like already know that the two main characters would both make it to the next season. And like Bella tweeted about it. So like I know they both go to the next season. Well, here's here's my thing. I don't know if they're going to like stretch out the first one over multiple seasons or are they going to like complete that story And then season two will be like the part two video game. And I think that from what I know about the part two video game, like I don't know who's still in it. And I think there's like a time jump. I can't speak to it, 
I I don't know. I don't know what's I don't know what's a done deal from that reveal. You know. Okay. I had heard that the first season was the first the whole first video oh. game. Um, but I'll just clear my mind and let let the chips fall where they may. I am loving the show so much that I really don't care. I was just like. I, I just don't like it when they announce the second season before the season's even done. I just don't like it. I've decided that. Mm. It is funny that you want them to die so much. <laughs> I don't want them to die. But I was like already. You just, don't want, you just don't want any context clues, basically. Yeah. I'm like, I know that that is hard when there's like the video game already exists. Like people already know what is going to happen but like I already felt like kind of upset that I kind of knew from episode one like characters that would die because I knew who the two main characters were like I already knew Mm. too much for my liking but that's just I know I'm very selfish in that way I like I like to be completely blind when it comes to most of the media I take in well like at this point the way that media like everything is announced and dropped in stuff like that like you probably just need to go live in the woods <laughs> with no cell service mm, okay really never mind not what you it. want <laughs> <laughs> well you would it's you would need to have like a very specific mm. wi-fi setup where you don't you can't look at any twitter but you can still stream your content yes yeah <laughs> hmm i'll look into that yeah. Or maybe you just have to live your life on airplane mode. I mean, I basically already do that with Do Not Disturb, so I'll figure it out. Um, I saw that they dropped a trailer for um, the Gigi Hadid and Tan France season of Next in Fashion that's dropping, and it's going to drop on March 3rd. And I'm excited. It looked extremely fun. First season was also very fun. Um, we loved it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that was another trailer I did not watch, but I love them both, so I am. Hopefully, I will watch that show. Um, something I am excited that Amazon is doing, giving them props now, I guess, after getting mad at them for all the Tomb Raider stuff. Is that apparently Julia Roberts and Jennifer Aniston are going to be starring in a body swap comedy for Amazon. And it's going to be directed by the Palm Springs filmmaker Max Barbacow. Okay, fun. And Margot Robbie's entertainment company is producing it. So, like, it's all the things I really like. So, sounds really Mm -hmm. fun. That sounds lovely. That just sounds like... A fun time. Yeah. All of those things that just adds up to a fun time. Capital F, capital T. Very. Um, another trailer I didn't watch, but I'm very excited about this show, is Daisy Jones and the Six. They dropped the trailer, um, and that's going to be on Amazon on March 3rd. So, very soon. Have you started your read? I finished you it. You finished it. How'd you like it? Loved it. Great. I also liked it. Um, listeners who are listening, I think that Jordan and I both recommend the audiobook because it's very fun because they have so many different voice actors narrating all the parts. Mm-hmm. What it felt like was listening to like a podcast um, 
like a behind the music podcast or something yeah it was very fun yeah like it took me a second to like figure like get used to it but once i did it yeah that's a perfect way to explain it um did you listen to the track that they dropped i did i thought it was good yeah i liked it it was good um i feel like dumois posted about how um supposedly behind the scenes it was very like um followed like what was going on behind the scenes as they were filming the show was very similar to how things roll in the book which i thought was very interesting it's like is that true or is that amazon planting that (laughs) to make us all more intrigued great question (laughs) either way i'm I'm in. in i'm in all right well for our top three we figured what better time than now to talk about our top three favorite celebrity encounters that have happened at Sundance. It's so, it's so fun. Um, Jordan, what's your number three? My number three is Jenny Slate. Ooh, good one. And it was, it was like a really long time ago. They had released Marcel the Shell when it was a short and we're like presenting mm-hmm. it as like a short film. And we like bumped into her she was really really cool and when we we had stopped like walked past her and we're like oh my gosh and she was like hi i'm jenny <laughs> like like we like she was a normal per like not a recognizable celebrity like it was so cute and um i have a picture with her somewhere on in a facebook album and um she was just lovely and i loved her wow i love that you're going to have to find that picture for our post. Yes. Um, yeah, I ended up, I had to go with the top three celebrities that I actually have pictures with because that felt like the most right. Like I had a couple of pictures of celebrities, but it felt less fun because I didn't actually like interact with them. These people I could like vouch for that where they were like nice enough to like take a photo. So... That being said, we might have some overlap. I don't know, though. We'll see. Um, But my number three, I said Issa Rae. She was, like, just so stunning and, like, truly, like, shockingly stunning and, like, so tall. And, yes, I mean, we took a picture, like, while we were walking and, like, walking next to her. And, like, it was very fast. Because we, like, we, like, ran after her. Mm -hmm. We were, like, it's Issa. And, like, had to run. (laughs) When I'm walking around on Main Street in Park City during Sundance, it's literally two look at celebrities. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just like see them and you're excited that you just saw them. But sometimes someone walks past you like Issa Rae and you're like, drop everything. We have to get a photo because she's one of our faves. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, it was worth the embarrassment, whatever we may have said. My number two. My number two and number one, actually, I don't have photos with them, but I we did interact with them perfect so is that still okay yeah that's great and that means Um, we don't have any overlap yes it's true um my number two is Catherine Hahn and don't have a picture because we were eating in the same restaurant as them and so like we kept like looking over like oh my god what restaurant was it and it was um that pizza place. Oh, like Main, Main Street, Street Pizza Noodle, noodle or whatever. Where you pay like yeah. $30 for a plate of noodles. 
that was when we were like particularly poor so we would just do like one piece of pizza <laughs> <laughs> like buy the slice and then probably like cut it in half and share it <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't afford the noodles um i we didn't want to like walk up and be like hi can we take a picture with you like while they're eating mm-hmm. you know but we kept like staring but um we were only like a table away and she like stood up when she was putting her coat back on and she like turned and was like standing right in front of us and we were just like uh and she was like hi like kind of waved at us <laughs> but like in a nice way like i don't know like acknowledge like, that we were clearly recognizing yeah, her. i know you see me we were like hi <laughs> That is hilarious. It was just nice. And I feel like um, I wouldn't have blamed any celebrity if they just like stood up and walked out, you know, yeah. but like, but it was really cute. And I, I will always like that. That, that is cute. And it's so interesting. Like there's so much pressure on the celebrity to be the one to like break the awkwardness. That'd be hard. Yeah. Which is like, that's not fair. Yeah. That, like it should not be on them, but like. I don't know. They have their job is also their image, you know, totally, especially when they're at Sundance. I think a lot of them are like, it just must be such a different publicity experience than like a typical, like being in LA or, and like going to a premiere in LA or something, Mm -hmm. you know, totally. Um, I just barely remembered one that I didn't put on my list and I should have, and I'm hoping they're on your list. Uh, but I guess we'll see. And if not, there'll be a big bonus at the end. I do have some honorable mentions. Me too. Um, okay. My number two, I said Christopher Abbott. I know we talked about this when we did our girls episode a few weeks ago, but (laughs) it was just like, I was too shocked to function. I don't even know what I said. I don't even want to know what I said, but he was (laughs) so hot and honestly, very nice of him to even pose with us. Each individually. Like, we didn't ask him for a group photo, which is funny. Like, Well, it was also... I distinctly remember that it was, like, that point of the day when we're, like, like we haven't really seen anyone yet. And, like, this is... Be- like, it's silly. We drove up here. <laughs> like, oh, this is getting frustrating. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, he just, like, appeared. And was, like, one of... Like, if you had picked, like, five people that you knew were there that you wanted to see he would have been like top of the list. Mm-hmm. So it was just like perfect. Like I didn't get to see John Hamm, but the fact that I got to see him made it worth it. Yeah. And then we saw like two more right after that. So like we were in the perfect spot. I should have like prefaced this, prefaced this whole conversation with, if you're from Utah, basically everyone goes up to Sundance, even if they're not seeing a movie, just to like see if they can find their favorite people. And for me and Jordan, they're, I feel like we're always, our favorite people are always up there. Like, yes. I don't know if they're like the general pub population's favorite people, but they're ours. So it feels like our, all our friends coming to hang out without us. So we try to, <laughs> we try to sneak <laughs> in and sometimes it worked and sometimes it doesn't. Queens of parasocial relationships. Truly. <laughs> it's usually people that like we weird like the kind of the more niche people Mm -hmm. that we're really excited about because usually if someone's walking around that is like truly a list they get so completely swarmed by people and like actual paparazzi photographers and stuff and like 
you're never going to get a picture with them. You know, no. like you're just not. But yeah, that's that's kind of what makes it fun. It's a total like where's Waldo and anyway, number my number one interaction. This one, I sadly, this is like my biggest, saddest one I don't have a picture with. But Connie Britton, and I feel like I've probably talked about this on the pod before, maybe White Lotus, because it's always top of mind whenever she comes up. But I was there with major Friday Night Lights heads. So we were like, oh my gosh, can we please take a picture? And her people, they were like, no, like we're on our way somewhere. And it's kind of embarrassing now. It ruins the story that I did not continue on with this journey. <laughs> but, like, at the time, I was, like, applying to grad school to um, do, like, guidance counseling. And she, Tammy Taylor, is a guidance counselor in Friday Night Lights. And it's, like, so embarrassing. Because she was, like, talking. She, like, wanted to, like, stop and talk to us. She wanted to. Her people didn't want she her to, but she was dying to talk to us. <laughs> like, she was kind of acting like she was pulling a Taylor Swift, like, no, my fans, I need to talk to my fans or whatever. <laughs> but, like, somehow I was, like, we love you so much. We love Tammy Taylor. Like, I I want to be a guidance counselor like Tammy Taylor. And she literally was, like, you are going to change lives. That is just amazing. You are just going to make such a difference in kids' lives. And I was, like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it's so stupid. And I did not end up being a guidance counselor at all. You know, but I've heard that story many times and it gives me chills every time because it doesn't even matter you will still change lives of people even if you're not a guidance counselor (laughs) you're changing lives with this podcast (laughs) you're right but that was just like she did not need to say that like she did not need to respond so kindly you know like that is just i i was floored by that well, that goes along with my number one because I was like truly shook at how kind this person was to like take a photo with us. Um, and it's Joan Rivers. Oh my gosh. I was in high school and she was there and she had like a bodyguard that was like trying to like not let us take fit pictures with her. And she was like, no, like I want to take a picture with them. And she was like so funny and let us take a picture with her and it was very kind of her like she was like she just like exuded kindness which I hadn't we'd been there like all day we had seen um Mark Ruffalo and like Julianne Moore and (laughs) I specifically remember seeing um the girl who played Alice in the new Alice in Wonderland (laughs) I know who you're talking about yeah I I don't know her name (laughs) um but Joan was the nicest and like I think one of the only people we wow. got a picture with. That is that is a beautiful story. And I honestly don't know if I've ever heard it. Well, I can't wait for you to see the photo. I can't either. Um wow. the person that is absent from both of our lists, which I'm truly shook by, but it's because I forgot about it, was Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> to me that oh was my just gosh. like a separate well, <laughs> thing that wasn't related to Sundance, even though it was Sundance. Yes, I feel the exact same way because it's the main street of it all. It was yeah. off site. Yes, at that high school where they always do those premieres. Yeah, Park City High School. Like, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. That was one of the most iconic evenings. But 
I totally think of that as a that is a 100% separate <laughs> event. That is so funny. Yeah, so I was when you said like I don't have a photo with them, I was like, "Oh, she probably has Taylor Swift, so we're we're covered." And Oh well. I did not. Definitely an honorable mention. So we did get pictures of her very close to her. Yes. But we I do I am so jealous of the people that got selfies with her. Very. But it was just I'm sure it would be like the worst selfie I've, I've ever taken in my life. For sure. But I still would have it. <laughs> but you know, I took a picture of her and posted it and it was reposted by like someone and like someone asked to use it and like the newspaper or something. So I was like featured. Oh, on like some just as good. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were killer photos though, too. Like it was wild. It was a fun time. Everyone was so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um my other bonus people were just when we saw Elizabeth Moss from across the way and she waved at us. And then I forgot about that. Also, we saw Zach Efron and Hillary Swank. And Hillary Swank was also very nice. She was like waving and being super cute to the crowd. Zach Efron, it was like so mm-hmm. quick, it barely even happened. And he did have his bleached hair. We oh, we broke we the news about his bleached hair. Yes. Um, my bonus is that I walked past Taika YTD. Um and I recognized him. This was before I knew who he was. But I recognized him because of I knew he was like friends with Flight of the Concords. And to this day, I regret just should have well, he was. Wa- it's funny because he was walking with Reese Darby, who's the other guy in Our Fla- Flag Means Death, who's also from Flight of the Concords. And so I was. I should have like stopped them, take it because I knew who he was, and so I should have like be- asked for a photo with them, you know? Because yeah. they were just like walking and chatting, and I was like, oh, that's like their hot friend. <laughs> <laughs> and now like. He's one where if he goes back to Sundance, he will be swarmed because he's he's basically a list now. Yeah. Marvel money, Rita Ora, like I will have no chance. So I do regret that. So sad. But that's the beauty of Sundance. It can't be forced. Like anytime I've gone and like to try to see someone specific, it never works out other than like the Taylor Swift one. We mm-hmm. like literally camped out because we knew exactly where she would be. But like. Anyone else? Yes. Like the John Ham of it all, I've gone almost every year to see him. Even and I know he's there, and still <laughs> yeah. have never seen him. So, well, and that's like Jason Ritter has been in like a billion Sundance movies. That's like his exact level of fame is to like be in Sundance mm-hmm. movies. Never seen him, and I always forget because I, we have a friend who did see him and has a picture with him, and I always think it's you, and it's not. You would know if that were me. I would. It would be my profile picture. <laughs> everywhere forever <laughs> i would have it framed on my wall <laughs> i'd blow a poster size <laughs> and i would put it in a locket <laughs> ah, that's so funny um well sundance has changed so much since um i first was interested in it and it's so great now because i mean this only happened because of COVID, but now they stream a lot of the sh- movies online. So basically, like, anyone can have access to them. You just have to buy the tickets online and be, like, aware of when they are going on sale because it is can sell out pretty quickly. 
Um, so luckily mm-hmm. Jordan got to also participate in Sundance this year, even though she isn't currently living in Utah. Yeah, it's the best. Like I watch more Sundance movies now that I live outside of Utah since they do them online, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's really nice. Me too. Like I used to really only go to like one or two showings where it would be like a paid ticket. And then, yeah, like they did a best of fest one for, um, locals, which now I don't even think they really do anymore. They just do it online, I think. But, um, so like some of the things I still miss from like pre COVID Sundance, but I'm glad it's more accessible to other people. Um, this year I got, I watched one, I watched nine movies and two of them were in person and the rest were online. Wow. How many did you end up watching? I watched five. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Out of the nine I watched, four of them had a character from Succession. That's probably my favorite fact. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But I felt like this year, I was, I felt like there were more uh, mediocre shows. I could have just been like the shows I watched and chose. Um, cause it's really hard cause you have to choose them before there is really any sort of buzz around them because you don't want them to sell out. Mm-hmm. So you're basically going off of like the plot and like who's in it and totally it is, it is pretty high risk every time mm-hmm. because like you truly might get a bomb. Yeah. And like the tickets are expensive. So it's like $25 just for a ticket in person and it, the online versions are $20. Mm-hmm. Um, but the online ones are a lot more cost effective because you can watch it with friends and split the cost, which is great. And what um, I do here in Utah, we just invite tons of people to come watch, and it's very fun and pretty cheap when you do it like that. So I also really like that. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to you got to participate before right yes i did okay good um you're welcome back to utah anytime next time maybe you should maybe it's cheaper to fly in and watch them online with us (laughs) (laughs) it wouldn't be that far off i guess (laughs) if you fly in i wouldn't make you pay for any of the movie watching fees (laughs) wow (laughs) um visitors special the two i watched in person uh, I, uh, decided last minute they released some tickets for the pod generation, which is a movie. I basically didn't know that much about it other than like it had to do with like the future and, um, how couples decided to like have a baby and it was starring Amelia Clark and also starring Chiwetel Ejiofor. And the movie was, like, fine. It was entertaining. Like, I, if it goes to, like, streaming services, I would highly recommend people watch it. Like, it was really pretty to look at. And, like, it's always fun to see how people, like, envision the future, I think, in movies. And, like, that was really fun. And Chiwetel was very hot. And so that was fun. He's a beautiful man. Yeah, he's very beautiful. And, like, in it, he's, like loves plants and like grows plants so he's like a plant daddy and like that was really hot um but amelia clark she was okay oh really um she like kind of goes in and out of her accent 
that it was kind of distracting to me. And it's really... Was she playing an American? Yes. Which was weird because Chiwetel was not... Like, he had an accent. Well, that was my next question. I was like, he's... Isn't he British? Yeah. So, like, that was and kind so, of like, weird why would they just me. both be British? I don't know. Hmm. And I saw some quote from Amelia that said, like, she is, like, not really interested in doing, like, big budget stuff anymore. Like, she's only interested in doing, like, smaller indie films because she likes, like, the artisticness of it. Um, So that'll be interesting to Mm. see where that takes her. The most shocking thing about this movie, and, like, the reason I even brought most of this up was to talk about how in an interview they asked her if she had watched House of the Dragon. And she said no, because it feels like you're being invited to a high school reunion for a class you didn't even go to school with. And... I just thought that that was fascinating. It really is. And I think that's a really good way of her to describe it. Yeah. But hearing it back, it is almost funny because I'm like, I would almost way, if it were me, I would way rather watch a show that I have nothing to do with. And like kind of, so it's like kind of nostalgic, but it's not like I have to watch myself acting or anything. Like, yeah. I feel like I would almost prefer to watch that, but... I'm not going to tell her how to live her life. And she was very awkward when they asked. She was. She wasn't going to say it. I'm like, you can't play it off that you have seen it because they might ask you another question about it. So, like, <laughs> you got to just be up front, which I'm glad she decided to be. But, of course, she's going to get yeah. asked that question. I feel It really seems like those actors, like, have legitimate trauma. I mean, obviously she does because didn't she have, like, a stroke? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. filming or something like that. Yeah. So it's like, obviously there's that, but I feel like in general, I feel like making that show sounds like it was traumatic and intense and like so long and they were so young when they started and it was so popular that it like, they could never live a normal life forever, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so that would be tough, but I don't know. (laughs) She was, she was, it was like, she was so put on the spot and it's like, okay, you got to, you should have prepared for that question, girly. (laughs) Um, out of the ones I watched, one that I want to talk about the most was um, I purchased the awards winners and the way they do those online is that the last two days of the festival, they put those available for you to purchase online, but you don't know what movie it is because they haven't announced the award winners yet. And so I purchased um, one of the ones I got for those was like the winner of the best U.S. documentary. Um, because there were a lot of documentaries I was interested in that weren't available online, like about Judy Bloom and Brooke Shields were ones I really wanted to watch and Michael J. Fox. And so I was kind of hoping it would be one of those. It was not. It was, um, Beyond Utopia. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what this is, but obviously I'm going to watch it. I paid 20 bucks. It was amazing. It was about people trying to escape from North Korea which I was like, am I in the mood to watch this? <laughs> um, and I am just so glad I watched it. It was like so moving, so educational. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. It was horrific and also hopeful in a lot of ways. And it's basically following the documentarians are talking to and following a pastor in South Korea who basically runs an like underground railroad getting people out of North Korea. He's rescued he estimates like about a thousand people. Oh my gosh. 
And he has like undercover contacts in China and in North Korea that help provide information and help people like when they're like, hey, these people are at the border. They need help. And like it it was just like so shocking. It was really eye opening because like I don't I haven't really stayed super informed about North Korea and like what life is actually like there for people. And it was just like. It was, I I don't know, like I haven't been that moved or into a documentary in like a really long time and I can't recommend it more highly. It was very emotional, but like very exciting mm-hmm. and, um, and they said like there's zero rec- recreations in this. This is all like real footage from the people that are doing this and even like the documentarians were risking their lives to even get this footage and like it was it was really really amazing so I was really really happy that I got to see it it's not and it's not something that I would have picked otherwise yeah you know like which like for me it's like yes like very much living in kind of a bubble you know and so I'm like I'm really glad I had the opportunity to watch something that I probably wouldn't have picked on my own but it really really was amazing that's a really fun part of Sundance is because like I've mentioned previously, like you're picking movies that you don't really know that much about. And um, yeah, a lot of times you're seeing movies that you would have never originally seen or even like thought about seeing. So I love that. I added it to my watch list on Letterboxd. So thank you. Yay. Yeah, it was it was really, really good. Um, I want to end on a high note. So I'm just going to say my least favorite right now. Um, my least favorite movie that we watched was Bad Behavior, and it was directed by the daughter of the director of Power of the Dog. Anyway, it had a great cast. Um, the lead was Jennifer Connelly, um, and also the director played, was acted in it as well, um, my other favorite person in there was Comfrey from Succession. Um, it also had Ben Wishaw. Um, Who we also anyway. saw at Sundance once. Yes, we did. Um, this movie was so boring and everyone in our group was like so confused by the whole thing. No one liked it. Um, all of our letterbox ratings are from like a half star to one star. One star is the biggest rating it got from the (laughs) six people i know who have it rated it on letterboxd so wow um it's a real bummer and i'll be interested to see if it ever goes anywhere (sighs) and if it does this i told you i warned you Mm -hmm. you heard it here first yes you did i the last one i want to highlight is also i think will be fun because i know we both watched it was um theater camp um and it was so funny because something fun about watching them online is that you still get to watch like a little featurette from the directors of the movie and um I was so shook because the actress Molly Gordon I literally never remember that that's her name ever and I've seen (laughs) a billion things that she's in I just like for some reason it just does not stick in my head but she co-directed it with um, Nick Lieberman. 
And um, and the screenplay was written by those two and Ben Platt and Noah Galvin. Um, and AKA Ben Platt's husband. Boyfriend? Yes. And they're, and they're both dear Evan Hansen's, which is really mm-hmm. funny trivia. Evan Hansen's married each other. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it is so good. I feel like, one of the risks with the Sundance movie is that it could be perfectly enjoyable, but it just like feels like unpolished or something, which is like the charm of it. But like it might feel too long or something, or like maybe they're going to cut some scenes before it goes to theaters or something like that. And this one felt like so good and it felt like raw and like almost improv because it's like um, a mockumentary about um a theater camp for kids and but did you notice how it loses that like it doesn't stay a mockumentary yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was actually thinking about that because then later i was like oh i thought maybe we would like see the mockumentary makers no that part falls falls away (laughs) yeah but um i don't know like the jokes were so solid they were so good all the performances including the children at the camp were like amazing i thought like the kids were so good um Mm -hmm. i thought it was like probably the most i've ever liked ben platt he was really funny and also like kind of making fun of himself a lot which was really really good um my number one favorite actor in the world jimmy tatro aka american vandal person was like really good in it too i was i love seeing him and um especially because like he plays like a a bro who has to take over or like kind of help run the theater camp but I feel like he, instead of just being a typical bro, he's, like, kind of a really heartfelt, nice bro. And, like, I just really loved his character. Um, it even had our favorite, Patty Harrison. Um, my only complaint is that she wasn't in it as much as I wanted her to be. But yeah. she was still amazing. And th- it was it was also, like, very heartwarming. Like, I cried at the end. So I loved it. Yeah. I Did you watch the after with the Q and a that they showed after the movie. No, I didn't <gasps> know there was one. Oh my gosh. I should have told you. Um, it was so cute because like it was filmed like from a very high up in like the theater and like the, uh, film. It was like being filmed on someone's phone. Like it was so poorly oh. lit. Like you couldn't really see a lot, but they had like seven of the kids come on stage and seeing the, sing a song sing one of the final songs oh my from the gosh. show and it was so cute and then they did a Q&A and okay this is insane they filmed this all in 19 days and then they also said that they had just been like they they had been like editing it and like cutting it the last two weeks like oh it was my made gosh. so fast and like <gasps> I just like I I love that you said how like polished and everything it was it seemed because like it they were literally like editing it and like cutting it like right before like the day before it was like supposed to be put online basically. So I like I love that insight and um Ben Platt kind of mentioned some other things that like he pulled from his real life which just again goes to show like how he was kind of like making fun of himself which um I loved and yeah like I didn't find him annoying in this at all and I Mm -mm. thought I would 
Uh, similarly, how you feel about Jimmy is actually how I feel about Molly Gordon. I think that I love every single thing that Molly Gordon is ever in. And I like have been a big Molly Gordon stan for a long time. So like I was very excited and this is my favorite film that I watched and I know that it was purchased by I think like Searchlight or something so I think it'll have a theatrical release which is very fun um and I'll probably go see it in theaters I would pay to go see it again because I would be interested to see if anything changes because of how quickly they edited it um and yeah I was laughing like out loud almost every line basically like every line delivery was so good and it the kids were so truly good. incredible. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what they do. Everything was so charming and fun. And um, I, I was I was reading something that like it was heavily improv. And that surpri- actually surprised me because, you know, sometimes like a movie that wants to be uh, like not as scripted and more improv. Usually you can tell and it's like not really landing as much and this like every joke landed it was so Mm -hmm. so good my other favorite fact that they said was that they basically started this movie they had the final song written out and then they wrote the movie backwards from that which i thought was really interesting because in the movie it's basically the opposite yes i was just gonna say that that's so cool that's so funny um i think it's important to note that two other people that are in it amy sedaris um Mm -hmm. like (laughs) she might not be in every scene but her presence looms large and it's really really (laughs) good um and ao edibiri who's having like like she is like up and coming from the bear Mm -hmm. and so she was in it and she was also really funny and like it was just so great and i got to see this because taylor was going to see it um and i was really jealous because um after reading about it it sounded really good but that was sold out online but it ended up being an award winner because it won um best ensemble which so that's how i it it, like reopened up so i could watch it and 100 percent agree with that award it is truly an ensemble every person working hard and providing amazing work and i loved it yeah it was great, and I'm glad we both got to see it, and I am excited for everyone else to see it, because it really is just, like, a bunch of fun people we love making a movie together that's actually also really done well. Um, Really quickly, out of the rest that I saw, the only other two that I would say, like, you should definitely see are um, Cat Person, um, which is starring... Amelia Jones from Coda. She's so cute in it. I really liked seeing her in this and I'm excited to see what else she does. And then of course, um, Nicholas Braun, AKA cousin Greg. Um, and then also, uh, Geraldine Viswanathan. I love her and she's so funny. And, um, yeah, I had a fun time watching that one. And then also, oh, the other one I saw that I can't recommend to everyone because it is a little, very uh, graphic. I think there are around 30 penises in it, something <laughs> to that effect. <laughs> um, but Rotting in the Sun 
is starring Jordan Firstman, aka everyone's favorite Instagram um, impersonator, and it's very meta because he's playing himself. And like the movie was just like very intense and um, wild. And I had so much fun watching it though. And I'm just like dying to talk to anyone about it who sees it. So hopefully that becomes available for people to see as well. Um, real quick, the last ones I saw that were, they were fine. They're all like, I gave them all like two and a half to three stars on letterbox. Um, were run rabbit run which was starring Sarah Snook. And one of my friends said it was like Hereditary Light, which was like a very good um, descriptor. Um, Sometimes I Think About Dying um, was starring Daisy Ridley. And it also Megan Stalter. And Megan Stalter was actually my favorite part of it and didn't have enough of her. It was actually very boring. Mm-hmm. And then The Accidental Getaway Driver was very sad, but a little... And by a little, I mean a lot slow. (laughs) And then lastly, Shortcomings, which I know Jordan also watched, um, which was directed by Randall Park. And I think I can speak for both of us and say that we were both just kind of like meh about it because the main character was literally so obnoxious that we actually haven't talked about this, so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but he was like mm-hmm. too irritating to even enjoy at all. Yeah. I, there were things I liked, like there were some jokes I laughed at. Um, mm-hmm. like for example, when that girl comes up and she's like, are you using this? Or is anyone sitting here? Oh my gosh. Like, no, no one is. And she's like, thanks. And grabs the chair and takes it away. I love jokes like that. That's that's classic. I've they're seen very it relatable. I'll laugh again. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, he was like, he was very annoying. I could not relate. I'm sure that a lot of, it seems like the kind of movie guys will like and relate to maybe. But there were some, I thought there were some really um, potentially interesting female characters, but we didn't really get enough of their perspective. And if we had, yeah. I would I would have liked it more. But again, didn't hate it, but did not love it. Couldn't get into it. Yeah. Um, any other movies that you watched? Um, yeah, I watched I watched two others that were both good, but kind of middle of the road, like you're saying. One of them I saw was A Little Prayer, which was starring um, David Strathairn and Jane Levy. And um, it was decent. I just kind of wanted more um jane levy was like amazing though like there was like a really long scene where she like you see her like begin to cry like it's not like it comes off like the camera goes onto her and she's crying and it's convincing i was Mm -hmm. like i'm watching a person breaking down like it was like amazing so i really really like her the movie was okay and then the last one i watched was radical which was another award winner it won festival favorite and it was a Mexican movie about um, a school, like a really, really poor, low uh, test scoring school in Mexico. And a really like unconventional teacher played by Eugenio Derbez, who is in CODA. And he's actually the love interest in the On a Ferris gender swap overboard. And 
he's in another there's this spanish movie i watched in college for class credit that he's in anyway he's great i really like him but it was like a really cute story about this teacher that kind of like helps these sixth graders in mexico like learn their potential and it was like extremely predictable but it was like sweet you know and i found out that it was Mm -hmm. based on a true story which i was like okay like maybe it was predictable but it's like true so whatever um and so i liked that one more than a little prayer but it was still not as good as theater camp or beyond utopia yeah okay good to know yeah it'll be very interesting and fun to see where these movies land and end up i feel like a lot of the movies that i watched the last uh uh, sundance or two i've seen i've seen they get picked up a lot more where like previously i like feel like i see movies and then they never get picked up and i never think about them again (laughs) but like nowadays with streaming it's like almost all of them get picked up somehow somewhere Mm -hmm. that's so true um all right with all that said who's your crush of the week um let's see i think i have to give it to jimmy tatro my boy in theater camp he is just when he pops up and stuff i just make he just like has the funniest screen presence to me i feel like he's so weird he has like the lowest voice i've ever heard it's so he's just a weirdo and um I was so, so excited to see him in this movie. And he was so literally lived up to my high expectations and I love him. So he is my, my Sundance crush of 2023. Love that. And only sad that you weren't here. So we could have maybe run, ran into him up at Sundance. Truly. He's the, that's the level of fame that 100% would have asked for a photo with him. Yes. Um, okay, my Sundance crush of 2023 is Timothy Simons. He shows Ooh. up in um, the movie that we just kind of were rude about, Shortcomings. Um, and we Jordan have to explain, me- this is Jonah from Veep. <laughs> yes. That's important information. <laughs> it's very important and very big, but Jordan had told me that there was a fun cameo in this movie. And I honestly had forgotten that you told me that. Until um, at the very end when, like, there's, like, a little picture of him on the wall. And, like, I didn't – I was sitting on, like, the side of the TV and I didn't see it very clearly. But my friends were like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, wait, who was it? And they're like, wait, you'll find out. And I still, like – I was like, oh, Jordan told me there was a thing. And then I still couldn't put it together until they showed him, like, the second time. And then I was like, like, I didn't realize who it was. He looked so different. It he really was so shows hot. how they really uglied him up for Veep. Truly. They did a great job. And I'm looking at his IMDb profile picture right now. Also hot. He has a mustache and his hair looks really good. And like, he's got range. He can look really terrible and really hot, I guess. <laughs> it is. His IMDb picture is really interesting because um, that mustache is a choice, but it looks good. It looks good. Um, plus we know he's cool because I just remembered my favorite fact about him is that he has the Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills, the jinx, the two different, uh, Robert Durst spellings of Beverly Hills (laughs) as his Twitter cover photo. (laughs) 
I forgot. That's so funny. <gasps> so yeah, that he is that cool. if you ever meet him, that would be the perfect thing to bond with him I about. I love your Twitter profile, <laughs> your Twitter cover photo. <laughs> so you like the jinx? <laughs> Wow, our listeners are really getting good tips on how to interact with famous people in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. We're professionals. Yeah, it's so funny because in that movie, obviously I was rooting for him. I was like, yeah, I I don't know if we're supposed to be rooting for him, but I definitely am. Mm -hmm. But anyway, (sighs) that's fun. It was a fun cameo. It was great. Um, well, I feel like next year we need to coordinate better so we there's more overlap between the movies we watch. Yeah, I agree. Even though it's just kind of a bloodbath. Once you're really once you're is. in there buying tickets, it's just like, okay, what can I get? Mm-hmm. Well, and we had like made a whole list of movies that we were going to get tickets for before realizing that part of them, some of them weren't online. So that um, was a lot. We had to redo year. our list, and yeah. It was very last minute and yeah. Anyway. Overall, I was pretty happy. I actually felt like last year I went a little more random with some of my picks and this year still kind of random, but I overall I was, I was more pleased with my choices. Good. I'm glad. All right. Well, thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye.